thank you for tuning in to Trevor Talks Podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. Today, we have a super special guest with us. The girl is a prime definition of a boss. She is a YouTuber, <laughs> social media influencer, speaker, podcast host, and all around a freaking amazing person. Today, we are speaking with none other than Miss Kirby Minnick. Kirby, welcome to Trevor Talks. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. I'm pumped about this. Look, me too. And like we were just discussing, this was supposed to take place last week. And mm. on that day, I had like the craziest panic attacks and was just feeling sick all day long. Turns out I had the stomach bug too. So oh, no. thank you for being so gracious about that. And I want to be open with my audience about this stuff just because everybody has their off days. Everybody has days that they need to take a mental health day. And mm-hmm. it's really cool to know that there's people that do back the body of Christ like that because your response was so golden. It was just like, that's what the body of Christ <laughs> does. So thank you for being yeah. genuine in that sense. Welcome to the Absolutely. show. Um, you have been busy during all of this coronavirus <laughs> madness. Yeah. Like you spoke at the Heart of Dating conference. You've mm-hmm. been staying consistent on all of your social media platforms, which if mm-hmm. you're not following Kirby, you need to go follow her at Kirby as a boss all across the platforms. Same mm-hmm. username, freaking amazing content. And you also have an <laughs> upcoming conference called Together 415. Why don't you tell yes. us a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, this upcoming weekend, the I believe it's the 25th. Is this Saturday? Um, the, the 25th, 25th of is August. Next Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> my well, birthday. Maybe the 23rd. Who knows? <laughs> but <laughs> I, I believe it's this Saturday. Um, it's going live, and it's a amazing, amazing lineup of just diverse women in ministry. And I think that's the coolest thing is not seeing kind of like the typical thing that you mm-hmm. see in in churches and in conferences. Like these are women of different ages, different races, different um, preaching styles. It's just, it's so cool to see them all come together and be given a platform because uh, we really don't see enough of that. And uh, I'm very thankful to be a part of it. A bunch of my friends are a part of it. My friend Monica, our friend Nadia, yeah, um, just so many great people, but I'll be talking about um, identity and basically what it looks um, to to be confident in the truth of who God says you are mm. um, versus the lies that the enemy puts on you and kind of just walking people through how they can almost retrain their brain and like put a filter on in order to identify the lies of the enemy so they can operate in truth instead. So I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. I'm fired up just hearing about it. You yeah, had to have studied that. Um, you graduated <laughs> yeah. from Dallas uh, Seminary correct? Dallas Baptist University. Baptist Sem- there we yeah. go. There we mm-hmm. go. So maybe one day I would love to go to seminary. <laughs> that is awesome. So you put together these messages, you get to speak at all these online events. And even mm-hmm. before the pandemic, you were speaking in person, you traveled overseas to speak at a conference. You've been mm-hmm. doing a lot. How do you stay this busy and like mentally, how do you make it work for you? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I think it's just so funny how the Lord will bring opportunities and it's like, they'll hit all at once like a wave. And then I'll have this big period of just rest and preparation. Um, And so it's God just always makes a way. He always finds a way to come through with me balancing everything whenever it does fall on my plate. And I really, I really do honestly pray like, Hey Lord, like don't put anything on my plate if you don't want it there. And so just every opportunity he's brought, it's been at the perfect time. Um, A book that I read that really helped me kind of 
learn how to balance rest uh, along with, you know, what I'm called and commissioned to do, not just vocationally with like a job, but in ministry uh, is Jefferson Bethke's book to hell with the hustle. Mm. And it really taught me how to prioritize rest, how to prioritize my relationship with God, because I think the illusion can be that when you're in ministry, your quiet time becomes your Bible study time. Sure. Uh, but like there is that differentiation of like, this is God feeding me and like me getting my rest. But also it's like, okay, I have my time of like being faithful in studying so I can bring that about. Um, so that's a book that really helped me, but I think just being, um, being in, you know, I went to Dallas Baptist university, majored in communications, minored in biblical studies that being in a school setting really taught me how to manage my time, uh, and also how to study the word when I have those designated periods of time. So my education really helped me in regards to, to all of that, but it's really just giving it to the Lord at the end of the day. Sheesh. Already bringing power, man. Um, <laughs> have you read The Ruthless Elimination of Hustle by John Mark Comer? Or have you heard about no, it? No, but everyone's talking about that, and I need to read it. Look, him and Jefferson Bethke have a podcast together combining yeah. the two books. Um, mm-hmm. My friend Lacey sent me um, the link for the podcast last year when I was out on the road because I have a huge issue with resting. I can't rest. Like my body That's just doesn't like <laughs> the rest at all. So I, if I'm not sleeping, mm-hmm. I'm not resting. So if I sleep for 12 hours in a day, that's my rest for the week. Like, yeah. and 12 hour sleep days are the bomb, except when I wake up and feel like <laughs> crap, but it works. But their podcast together was so beneficial. And I'm actually listening to the ruthless elimination of hustle, um, right now on audible. And then nice. I already bought um, Jefferson Bethke's book to listen to next because me sitting there reading is, or, you know, we have a love hate <laughs> relationship. Feel that. On that. I feel that. I can't focus on it, but those two books are amazing. I'm glad you brought that up. That's something mm-hmm. I'm trying to eliminate in my life is like, I feel like mm-hmm. I've been focusing more on the hustle aspect of things, which with your brand, I'm sure you can relate with staying so busy, yes. trying to keep your schedule packed, including during the pandemic, because you were speaking, mm-hmm. you were doing a lot of stuff with a lot of different people. The pandemic kind of shut that down. And if I'm not yeah. mistaken, you just got an apartment. So you have all yeah. these bills and stuff that are starting to come. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, mm. but the cool thing about it is we hear our parents and aunts and uncles talking about, oh, during 08, the recession almost wiped us all out. It's been really cool to see how many young people have, A, been able to make it through the first recession of their life, and B, level up their businesses. Like, I I haven't heard of that many people that didn't like scale up their businesses that are living through that hustle mentality. Now, some people, their line of work was completely wiped out. I was on tour marketing a movie, I still believe, and- We were out on the road and COVID shut it down. Like I'm talking, Mm -hmm. we went from Mercy Me put out a graphic on Instagram day four. We're not shutting down. We're going through it. The next day we get to Pensacola, wiped out the next day. So within 24 hours, my job was gone, which luckily God connected all the dots with that. And Mm -hmm. this pandemic has been such a blessing. Like I needed this time to myself. Yes. It's been a forced Sabbath for so many people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I've been studying Shabbat and like Jewish holidays. I think it's really cool because 
I've got friends that they're not Jewish, but they celebrate Shabbat every single Friday. And that's just how mm-hmm. they are um, working with their kids to get into that time of rest. And yeah. I see the imagery that goes into that. And it's almost like, okay, it's exciting. Like you have all your friends mm-hmm. and family come over, you have a huge feast and you just celebrate rest. You don't worry about work. Yeah. You don't worry about anything except for Trevor. I got yelled at like three times and they took my phone from me because I kept answering emails, <laughs> but it's like we were all forced to rest, like you said, and I feel like families could have been restored during this time. Um, Mm -hmm. Fathers and mothers that travel a lot got to spend time with their kids and their husbands or whatever in their life. We Mm -hmm. were all forced to sit down. So for you, as someone who is living alone, I'm assuming now, that had to be a really cool way to segue into that new step of adulthood Mm because you are, are you 22, 23? I'm 23. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I turned 23 next week and I'm like, what is, thank you. I'm like, what the heck is going to happen when I'm 29, 30? Like, am I going to be exhausted or am I going to be doing something like Mm -hmm. we may never know. But one thing that I want to dive in with you, with all that being said, you're walking in your relationship with Jesus on a public platform, which Mm -hmm. I don't know if you plan for it to be that way or if it kind of just happened, but Mm -hmm. you stay super busy. We've already gone through that. Where did everything start for you before you had bought and beloved podcast and Kirby as a boss before you had your own Instagram filters, which we're going to hint on because I've never seen anybody (laughs) with that. Where did this, right? Where did all this start for you? Yeah. I mean, to, to not spend too much time in my testimony or anything like that. Um, I gave my life to Jesus when I was 13 or 14 years old. Uh, so just before I went to high school, it was that summer after eighth grade. And I mean, I always had a passion growing up for acting and entertaining and just creating. I loved to, I had all these ideas in my head and I wanted to just bring them to life and bring people joy. Um, that was just something that I love to do and I still love to do. Um, and I think just in that initial desire of, of creating and wanting to convey a message and bring people life and love and laughter and all those things. Uh, you know, God got a hold of my heart and it, it was just so cool to see how he, he was able to then I think infiltrate my social media. So I got social, I got Instagram when it came out when I was in eighth grade and you know, at the time it was, it was so simple, like social media influencer. None of that was really a thing. Like you had YouTubers, like that was a big thing in the early thousands, you know, Shane Dawson, Jenna Marbles, Miranda Sings, like all these people, Smosh, like all these people. And, um, like you would watch them and be like, Oh, that's so fun. I want to do that. Not necessarily like, I want to be the influencer that they are. Um, Mm. And, and I wanted to have a YouTube channel for the same reason they all had YouTube channels. And it was to create content because sure. like, how else was I going to, you know, get my name out there and potentially do what I wanted to do, which was acting. Um, and, uh, I guess, you know, fast forwarding, gave my life to Jesus. And as I was doing social media, I began that really began doing that when I was in high school putting out videos on YouTube, really posting on Instagram, started making friends in the community. And we started collaborating. I went to all the you know conventions and everything. I did the whole deal. And I was never not outspoken about my faith. People knew I was a Christian, but it wasn't until I think either the, the very end of my junior year or the beginning of my senior year, where I really felt like the Lord was saying, hey, like 
I want you to submit your channel to me and start making these videos. And it was hard for me. And I was like, I'm a big people pleaser. Like I still struggle with that today. Like literally even before hopping on this podcast, like, you know, just dealing with that. Surrendering that to the Lord of, of God, like I live for you and, and only you, like it is, it's a big thing with social media of, you know, that balance of, well, here's, here's the demand, but being a Christian on social media, it's like, okay, like, but I'm doing this for the one and to reach the one, um, that healthy balance of that. But I began putting out that Christian content and I mean, that's where it all began. Like, yeah, I, I received the persecution, the insults, the spiritual warfare, like all of those things, the moment that I really started living boldly for Christ. But it was also at that moment that God really put his hand over everything. And I saw the demand as, as much as I was getting all of the hate comments and the, this and the, that I was getting, you know, the individual saying like, I, I've never heard this before, or, oh my gosh, I've been seeking this out my whole life, or I've never heard it explained this way, like in truth with context. And so that really projected me into what I do today. So social media was never intended on on my standards to be like the ministry it is today, but like, it's so cool to see how God used an initial passion in me to launch something that I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is living, like preaching his word, like still putting out content and operating in the gifts and passions that I have, but with a purpose, like an actual purpose behind it. Um, so that's, that's the long story in short, even though it's still kind of long, but it's just, it's so cool to see what God did and what he's still doing. Yeah, and it had to have been hard, especially with you already having a platform. We talked to absolutely Noah Heron a few weeks ago. The podcast mm-hmm. with him comes out after yours, so next week nice. for everyone listening. He was doing photography and video work for mm-hmm. Urban Outfitters. And oh, nice. God, that, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, so like he was doing all this really cool work, and then he had the same epiphany in his life where it was like, God wanted him to step and start pursuing his faith and he lost that contract. But, and then you have people like Chelsea Hurst who already had the platform on YouTube and then moved into making content for Jesus. And she saw a decline in views and followers, but she doesn't care like that conviction, um, the persecution from like people like exactly. There's mm-hmm. so many young people that are starting to see that light on their life and God provided the platform and. I believe he had Mm -hmm. that in store for you all along, which is really cool. But I believe there's so many people that are going to be listening to this and are Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'm struggling with that right now. I'm a people Mm -hmm. pleaser. Like I want to post pictures on the beach and this and that and be a lifestyle Mm -hmm. blogger, but God's calling me to something else. I'm too uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to go out of that way. What would your Mm -hmm. like position be for them? Like in that season of their life, I'm struggling Mm -hmm. with, people pleasing. I do not want to give up my platform. What would your advice be to them to overcome that mindset and step into their calling in that way? Thank. I mean, if I were speaking to myself, like with that mentality, cause you know, I, I, I really wrestled with that of Lord, like I'm, I'm afraid to submit my YouTube channel to you. I, given I only had 3000 subscribers at the time, which now doesn't seem like a lot, but still that's a lot of people. That's that a lot. A whole Imagine 3,000 like, people in your room right now. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's a lot of people, especially when you're first growing and, and accumulating that. Like, the thousands, it's, that's a huge milestone. Um, and I, oof, I mean, I just remember really, really wrestling with God. And at the end of the day, like, 
I had to humble myself. Sure. Like if you, an individual, you know, are a disciple of Christ, not just a Christian, because that's the thing to do or the, you know, the right way to live. But if you're a disciple of Christ, if you're really following after Jesus, we are called to die to ourselves. Mm. And that is hard. Like I was reading about that this morning in Galatians 2.20, that we have been crucified with Christ so that it is he who lives in us now. And it is so tempting to want to do the trendy thing or the thing that we think will bring us joy or X, Y, and Z. I mean, analyze your motives as to why it is that you don't want to surrender and, and really weigh that in comparison to God's track record. Like when we submit and surrender to God and obey, how much greater is the outcome than when we try to do it our own way or by the world's way, which is usually what it is at the end of the day that we're trying to submit to and conform to. But we're not sure. called to live like that. We're called to live set apart. And it's in that that set apartness, that holiness, that obedience to God that you know we experience the fullness of life because that's what Jesus came to do. He came to give us the fullness of life, abundant life, whereas the enemy tries to steal, kill, and destroy. And with people pleasing, it's like, first of all, you know, you need to submit, surrender to God and, and be, be fearful of the Lord, like not afraid of him, but fearful in the sense of respecting and having reverence for who he is and who we are. Like he is a good and loving and gracious father. But at the same time, it's like we are called to live this life now in him. And we need to recognize just how holy and, and <laughs> who he is as God. But with people pleasing, um, again, who's your God at the end of the day, you either serve God or you serve man. Like that's it, the world, you know, which is so fleeting and in a, a story or an analogy that I like to say to anyone, people pleasing. And again, preaching this to myself is Jesus rode in on a donkey, right? Palm Sunday. And everyone was screaming Hosanna. And then like five days later, they're all yelling, crucify him. So if you're trying to base your worth, whether it's on the praise of man or the persecution of man, if you're trying to place your worth in that, you are not going to be satisfied. It is so fickle. It is always changing. And you need to be rooted in who God says you are, who he is calling you to be, how he's calling you to live, because it's in that that you have consistent joy. It's in that you have consistent peace. It's in that you have consistent purpose, which is something I know we're all desiring to fulfill in our life, but it is in surrendering to the cross first and foremost. So it might be hard to not post those pictures you want to post or to shoot that content or to, you know, comment that comment that you want to say or whatever it might be. Um, whether it's social media or not, I know we all struggle with people pleasing yeah. to some regard, but whatever it is, like you need to know who your God is and who it is that you are serving, who are, who you're surrendered to. Um, I mean, I would preach that at someone like you need to, you need to humble yourself. And that sounds hard. That sounds like, you know, a slap on the wrist, but yeah. genuinely, like you are not going to have joy if you're trying to live by what you dictate will bring you all the things of your heart. Cause your heart is deceitful. I can yeah. tell you that straight up. Like, I mean, I could go off, but in short, like, like really go that, off. that, mm-hmm. You can go off whenever you want. Like, come <laughs> I on. I will, because I'm preaching to myself. Like, I get that. I totally get that. Um, but it's all it's all about the mission at the end of the day. And, and, and knowing where you came from. Like, God brought you and delivered you from so much. Like, you're entrusting him with your eternity. Like, 
Entrust him with what he's calling you to do today. Like you can trust him with today if you can trust him with forever. It 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 shouldn't be that hard. And you just said preaching to yourself. That's one thing I highly respect about you. It's like when mm-hmm. I was studying for this interview, most of your content isn't necessarily you need to do this, you need to do this. It's like, hey, I'm working mm-hmm. on this in my own life. Maybe this would be helpful for you. So it's almost mm-hmm. like God's giving you these revelations for yourself. And you know that there's millions of people out there that need to hear it. And with that being Absolutely. said, like in this journey of like overcoming that people pleasing and shifting your platform mm-hmm. from more of a mainstream approach to specifically for Christ, I know there mm-hmm. had to be a season for you um, of overcoming shame, doubt, and even maybe even mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, does that sound like it would be an accurate position for you? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. How, how yeah. did you overcome that? Um, well, each journey through, you know, shame, anxiety, depression, self-worth, all those things, they came at different seasons in my life. And some of them, you know, crossed over and I've experienced the same thing. But when I think about each of those specific uh, emotions or, or, you know, mentalities or whatever you want to deem it as, um, those were very specific moments in my life. Like with depression, um, when my dad passed away, uh, that was something that really struck me with depression and following after that, I was bullied severely. So that was a really big thing of depression and a big season of depression, but overcoming that God, it really was God. And I can only, I can only say that through relying on him and having full faith and who God called me to be and what he says about me, I was able to overcome you know, those depressing thoughts that really tried to sink me in and weigh me down. And because I think with depression, a lot of it is just, you know, lingering, um, at least for me, it was lingering on uh, the either for me, the woe is me mentality, or it'll never get better, because it's always been this, it's really looking to the past, and trying to bring that into the future. And it's like, no, like, God is so much ahead of you. Like it's focusing on, on, on what the Lord is doing presently and will do. Um, that was something that God really had to, had to show me in those times was like, yeah, that's your past. And I know these things weigh you down and it's okay to feel, you know, sad and, and to mourn and X, Y, and Z and, um, all that. But, you know, I've given you victory, like, through my son. And I, and I was saved around that time as well, when I was going through depression and he gave me joy because I realized the freedom that I had in Jesus. So it was freedom in Jesus that brought me joy. And that, I mean, that crushed that weight of depression that was trying to, to take me down. Like mm. I refused to sit in that any longer and instead chose to worship, chose to praise God, chose to delight in the truths um, that he said instead. Now with anxiety, anxiety was something that really hit me when I was in college. Um, a little bit throughout high school, a lot throughout high school, I just didn't realize it, but mainly um, through university was when I kind of identified in my life, oh my gosh, like I am an anxious mess, like always worrying about the future. So depression causes you to focus so much on the past, whereas anxiety really causes you to freak out about the future. It's this what if, what if, what if. And I remember talking to someone super close in my life not that long ago about anxiety, which is something I still find myself getting caught up in that mentality because I I so operated in that way for a long time without realizing it, is you're putting yourself through unnecessary trauma. You're allowing yourself to experience these things that aren't even happening. 
And it's like, it's in those moments that you really have to be still. And again, reflect on the truth of, of Christ and the scripture that really helped me and is continuing to help me in overcoming those thoughts is Philippians 4, 8, where it talks about, you know, dwell on what's true. Okay. So like, if we pause and we go through those things, dwell on what's true, dwell on what's lovely, dwell on what's commendable, dwell on what's pure, what's just, what is um, excellent, what is praiseworthy. And I think that's all of them. There might be one more that I missed, but if you go through and you dwell on all those things, it's like, I have no reason to fear. I have no reason to freak out. I have, I have no reason to doubt that my God isn't here for me and that he's working and that he has me. So that helped me with anxiety and with shame. Um, without getting into too much detail, uh, there was just a really big season of shame on my life where um, you know people betrayed my trust and that really caused me to feel shame. Um, I just, I didn't feel like I was enough. I didn't feel like I had value. I felt like every decision that I had made and even decisions that people had made that affected me caused me to feel so low about myself. And I began to identify with the situations and with the sins that came alongside those situations. Um, And it weighed me down. I mean, shame, the difference between guilt and shame is guilt is, oh, I did something wrong. Where shame is, oh my gosh, this is who I am. And again, the thing that caused me to overcome that was dwelling on the truth about who God says I am, that, that I am free, that I am forgiven, that I am loved, that, that I can forgive people, that I don't have to dwell on these things, that those things, although they have shaped me to who I am today, they don't define me because it's mm. Jesus who defines me. So uh, this all sounds so easy and so elementary, I think. Uh, it's, you know, it's as simple as saying, just have faith. But, you know, when you're in the battle, it's like, oh, my gosh, like, what does that even look like? What does that yeah. even mean? But but it really is, you know, going to war with the simple truths of the gospel because they're powerful. That's why it's simple. Um, it all dwindles down to just knowing who God is, who he says you are, and knowing who the enemy is and what it is that he's really up to. If you can identify those three things in your life, and again, this is what I'm going to be preaching at the at, um the conference that's coming up soon together 415 if you can identify those three things in your life um and and in the situation that you're in i mean that completely shifts your mind and and the moves that you make going forward mm. with whatever it is that you're dealing with and that leads you to freedom because there's freedom in jesus that is so good and when it comes down mm-hmm. to it one thing that really, really hits home is like overcoming mm-hmm. shame, whether yes. it's with dating or things you've mm-hmm. done in your past or overcoming mm-hmm. like the things that grip you. Like when you go yeah. to sleep at night, if something keeps haunting you, like I shouldn't have done mm-hmm. that and pondering on your past, um, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to young women, I feel like when I get DMs yes. from people like I did something I shouldn't have done, I'm so guilty of just Mm -hmm. not listening to what God has for my life. And I'm shameful of that. When you were overcoming that shame, or if Mm -hmm. there's someone listening to this that might be going through that season for themselves, where they're like, Mm -hmm. okay, I know Jesus, I know his truths for my life, but I'm struggling to get past this shame. Yeah. What would that look like if it were a little Kirby that was going through that? Oh my gosh, I could just cry thinking about that. I just didn't, I didn't feel like I was worthy of grace, you know, but, there, yeah. 
I mean, the fact of the matter is that I would say to anyone, like, if you're dealing with that place, like, you know, there is so much sufficient grace for you. And Jesus has that towards you. You can receive that. Like, it's unconditional. Like, that's the beauty of of Jesus is, you know, we've messed up. We've done these things. Yeah, of course we're not worthy. Like, we're sinful. But at the end of the day, like, his grace outweighs that. Like, his grace covers that. His mercy, it's new every morning. Like, there is so much, there's so many attributes of Jesus that we can cling on to, that we can delight in. Um, and grace is one of them. I think that's the biggest thing that I would say is that if you're still wrestling with shame, whether, you know, you've done something or something's been done to you, or maybe you even feel shame in the little things like, oh, I just, I messed up this conversation or I shouldn't have responded that way. And it haunts you forever. You have that Mm -hmm. conversation that haunts you forever. Um, you can have grace with yourself. Like the biggest thing that you can do is understand that, that, that situation, that circumstance, that little slip up that doesn't define who you are today. It's Mm. Jesus. It's Jesus. And he loves you and you are made in his image. And there's, there's the enemy wants to trap you and ensnare you in shame. So you sit there um, and, and you feel alone and isolated and often at times exposed. I think that's the thing with shame is that we fear this exposure of, oh my gosh, everyone sees me for who I am and this is who I really am and X, Y, Z. But if you have the strength to be vulnerable before God, because here's the thing, um, you know, back in the garden, it says that Adam and Eve, they were created and they knew no shame. Like we were never meant to know shame. And when they sinned, their response was to hide from God. And God said, where are you? But it, but it's invulnerability. You know, he's calling us out invulnerability. Hey, bring these things before me so I can cover you. What did he do while they were in their nakedness? Like, yeah, they were covered in fig leaves, but in their nakedness, God did the first bloodshed sacrifice and he made them these, these things to, to clothe them, these clothe these, um, like loincloths to clothe them. And it's like, that's Jesus. Like, he was the sacrifice that clothes us from our shame. Like we don't have to have to feel this exposure in our vulnerability before God, because he covers that. He covers that. And Jesus, like the cross, that's all grace. That's all grace, baby. Like whoever's hearing me today, that's the most beautiful thing in the entire world that, that you get to delight in that today. And if you have a hard time being vulnerable before God or even with someone else, I encourage you to know that the enemy doesn't want you to be vulnerable, doesn't want you uh, to feel like you're being exposed because it's in that place that you are able to be more isolated, feel more isolated from God and especially your community. But it's in those places in, in good godly community and before the Lord that so much freedom happens. And I know that in my moments of shame, um, specifically one event that I know, um, I held on to that shame for so, 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 so long and nobody knew. And it was eating me up inside. I had no feeling of worth. I was overrun with anxiety and all the emotions that are, you know, very overwhelming. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, I, I began confiding in people and a Christian counselor as well, uh, that through that exposure, I was able to, to overcome that. Like, oh my gosh, like, because this is out in the open and, and I can, you know, put God's truth on top of that and know that his grace covers that I can move past this now. Like it's not, it's not on me and chaining me down now. Like I'm freed from that and I can walk from that now. So if you're living in shame, 
receive grace and don't be afraid to be vulnerable about it because it's only when you bring it to the light that, that the darkness can be overcome. That's weighing you down. It's Mm -hmm. so wild to hear just everything that you just said. I remember Mm -hmm. last September, I was on tour with this girl named Lacey Sturm. She's a rock Mm -hmm. artist. She used to sing for a band called Flyleaf. Like, friggin' phenomenal. Like, Mm -hmm. but we were doing a, it was a summer festival or late fall, whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. September is. I'm not not really sure right now. But Mm -hmm. I was, I think it was like five minutes till I was going on to talk about overcoming anxiety and depression and Mm. being that smiley face poster boy for everybody that's overcoming anxiety in their life. And mind you, five minutes till I'm supposed to be on stage and it's the biggest festival we had. It was like 10,000 people or something. And I am a wreck. I'm in the bus like bawling my eyes out. We're all mm. praying like whatever demon took Trevor, like we, <laughs> we need him back like now. We rebuke it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it, but I did. God delivered me from it in prayer. And I was mm. like, I had this epiphany because two weeks before I was supposed to leave for that tour, which was my first tour back from me. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was 2016. I was speaking i was on tour with um Mm -hmm. together 2016 was was like a national gathering on national mall so Mm -hmm. i was in high school touring for that talking about it with people just trying to rally people to the mall and i had my first panic attack at church of the highlands in birmingham alabama Mm -hmm. and i didn't know what was wrong with me i was supposed to speak at a university called shorter university in georgia the next Mm -hmm. day Look, when I tell you I canceled my whole life when I had that first panic attack, I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. So I canceled the event the day of when I woke Mm -hmm. up the next morning, drove home. I was out of school for two weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. I was a senior in high school at the time, and I deleted all my social media accounts. I said I was done. I didn't want to do ministry anymore. I did one more event that summer, which was in New Hampshire, Soul Fest, and I'll never forget it. Um, On the way back on the bus back to Georgia to go home. I was mm-hmm. applying for jobs and got a job with AT&T, was able to purchase my house, was living that American dream, but mm-hmm. I was depressed. I hated life. Yeah. I didn't want to be who I was. Like money's not going to make you happy, not even if you're yep. 19 and have a house. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um so through all of that, we finally get that tour opportunity 2 weeks before my friend Jared took his life. Um mm-hmm. so it was like, okay, I'd finally found that person that liked the same music as me, um, dressed mm-hmm. like cool, was that person I could go to when I'm having panic attacks about things because yeah. he understood, and then mm-hmm. he was gone. So I went and took a sabbatical for like a week to get prepped for what was to come. And mm-hmm. one thing that has kept me strong over like the past year is like, Jared had this amazing voice for mental health and was like a baller in that aspect. Like he could, Mm -hmm. I could listen to that dude for hours, still do sometimes. And it's like, God, he laid a message on his heart. But for some reason there, there's not, I felt God tell me there's not going to be a gap in that voice for this generation. And that's, why like when this pandemic hit, I was like, I need to start a podcast. I've wanted to do that. And I've always loved talking with people, interviewing. Mm-hmm. I've always looked up to Jimmy Fallon. Like that's when <laughs> people ask me what I want to do. I'm like, I want to be 
living for Christ as like lit living and working as I were doing something like Jimmy Fallon and Ryan Seacrest. Like that's all up my alley. I love talking to people, love meeting new people. But when it comes down to it, like I struggle with panic disorder and that's something that I fight daily. Even today, like I'm not afraid to admit, like I take medication for it. God can use Mm -hmm. modern medicine to heal you of that. And Mm -hmm. one thing that's been going through my mind since the last tour um, one lyric I would hear every night is, I know you're able, I know you can save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is in you alone. And Bart from Mercy Me wrote that about his son who has a um, health issue that like is uncurable specifically. Mm-hmm. And he's like, God, I know you're able, I know you can save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is in you alone. So for me, mm-hmm. panic disorder and seasonal depression God, if you don't heal me, I'm still going to keep doing this. I'm still going to keep going. If I'm never off medication, like, okay, like we're going to keep walking through it. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times I hear guys and girls come up and they're like, I can't seem to get past this anxiety. And it's like, well, what is it from? And it's like, well, I'm afraid people are going to figure out that I watch pornography. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay. And what else? And they're like, well, I've been sleeping with my boyfriend or girlfriend. Okay. What else? And it's like this ripple effect of people having this mentality Mm -hmm. that like God died on the cross for my sins. So I'm just going to keep sinning like and have a party every day. Yeah. So like I had to reevaluate that for myself. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, if I'm God's bought and beloved, what do I? what is next for me? How am I going to overcome this sin in my life? And in high school, I struggled with pornography. Like I was always that mm-hmm. person that's like, I'm so ugly. Like I'm insecure. Like I'm never going to be able to date. Like in high school, like I was a hot mess. Like Trevor was like so low self-esteem and God's healed mm-hmm. me from that, thankfully. But there's so many kids out there that need to hear that because that vulnerability can save a life. I've been able mm-hmm. to launch a clothing brand over the past year called fear is a liar. And it's specifically telling people that you are stronger than your symptoms. You're stronger than your anxiety. You're stronger Mm -hmm. than your depression. And there's this dude named Mario. He started a organization called death to life. And there's so many key aspects of it. But for the partnership that we have is like, I'm not your therapist. I'm not your pastor. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling with suicide, I don't want to send you to the suicide hotline or the crisis text line, because yes, they can diffuse the situation once or twice. And I'm not devaluing what they do. We need that. But mm-hmm. what follow up mm-hmm. do we have in the kingdom of God for that? Yes. So that's where death Where's to life. the renewing of the mind that happens yeah. within that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where death to life and heart support and anthem of hope, Julie Christian, mm-hmm. um, Julie and Christian Wilson and Kaylee Housewright are doing such an amazing job with that. And they're the strongest people I know. I I can hit a praise break, just what God's doing (laughs) in their life with that ministry. And for me, sitting here knowing that like millions on millions of people Mm -hmm. are able to find their worth through Christ, through these Mm -hmm. organizations, that's why I fear as a liar is a thing. Like, I'm not your therapist. Mm -hmm. We're not a nonprofit. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm specifically here to tell you you have worth and point you in the direction you need to have. Where your Google search for finding why you should keep living. Mm -hmm. Um, And God's using that in such a powerful way. But with you, you've Mm -hmm. got this large platform and Mm -hmm. all these people, and I hate calling them followers or audiences. You've got this community of people that specifically come to you because you're vulnerable. 
because you don't candy coat things. You tell it how it is. You're not masking anything. I rarely find YouTubers or influencers or whatever you want to call them, people, beautiful people Mm -hmm. of Christ that will mention (laughs) hell, which you don't shy away from because Mm -hmm. it's real. It's there and it's a very real place. So all that being said, what you're doing is making such a huge impact on people's lives and you don't do it for yourself. Like for you, like I rarely see Kirby minute. Like I see your face and it says Kirby's a boss. Like you're literally <laughs> running off of a brand specifically because like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's not self-promotion. God's given you mm-hmm. a message and a brand to pursue mm-hmm. and you're doing mm-hmm. that so well. And God's using you for that. And the people Thank that are you. listening, if you want to be a YouTuber or a Instagram influencer or whatever it is, it, it's not about numbers. I used to struggle with that so heavily. Like mm-hmm. I don't have that many followers and this many people are listening. Like <laughs> we all cares, do. right? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like if this episode gets a million downloads or five downloads, like I just imagine five people sitting in here or a million, like I would be mm-hmm. so like crunched in. Like we could, it, I don't think it's physically possible. So <laughs> It's amazing to see how God's using this younger generation, you included. And I thank you so much for being who you are and being the light that God's called you to be. And the reason I wanted to have this conversation to close out is because I, it's not like a therapy session, obviously, but Mm -hmm. there's so many influencers and people that bring light that don't get that return to them. So it's almost like, I could pour all this water into this mug and it can overflow or somebody can keep drinking it. Where is, where's the water for Kirby? Where's the water for, um, Julie Wilson? Where's the water for the hearse? Like the people that are providing the content to help you not escape reality, but overcome the obstacles in your life. We need that too. And you need that too. And that's why I wanted to tell you all of that. It's like, and whoever's listening to this, take that for you as well. Um, God hasn't created us to be anything other than ourselves. And that's one thing I've learned over the past week. Like last week I'm sitting there like on the floor in my best friend Stephen's office, like praying, (laughs) like God heal me of this. God heal me of this. I hate feeling nauseous. I hate puking. And yeah, I'm going to get vulnerable with you guys. Sometimes when anxiety and depression is attacking you, it involves like physical sickness. And we have people that are there to talk. And if you're listening to this and you need that person, please, please, please don't wait. Go to d2l.com or death to life, death, the number two life.com. Somebody wants to talk with you. Suicide is not the answer. Depression is not going to make you a happy person if you don't go through with it. Like God can heal you. And there's people there that want to talk with you. Kirby wants to provide content for you and understand. Don't put your value in who you are. Don't put your identity into influencers because if you DM someone and they don't respond and you're like, God, if you want me to live, this person's going to DM me back. That is so unfair. And Mm -hmm. I don't know where that came from. Apparently God wants somebody to hear it. Don't DM Stephen Furtick expecting a reply to save your life. You've got to trust in God first. God's going to provide the healing for you. (laughs) Amen. What does his word say? (laughs) Like go to that first. Yeah. So I know that was a lot, but 
you provide so much value on so many people's lives and I'm super thankful for you. We, the reason I wanted you on here was just to share your story and just mm-hmm. be you. Like I heard you talk about shame with the heart of dating conference and yeah. um, it was phenomenal. And if mm-hmm. you guys haven't heard it, y'all need to go look that up, but there's mm-hmm. so many yeah, the different link is, things. The link's still yeah. on my Instagram bio. So if yeah. anyone wants to see that. Yeah. So y'all mm-hmm. go check that out. But before we call it a day, if someone out there is struggling, like, and I don't even know what it would be with. Maybe God's mm-hmm. told you that if somebody's struggling today, what would your message of hope be for them? Oof. What would my message of hope be for anyone struggling? My message of hope, it, again, sounds so cliche, but I mean, Jesus paid it all. Like, there's this one, uh, I believe it's in Second Corinthians 4. I could be wrong. Y'all go read your Bibles and fact check me on that. But there's Second a Corinthians scripture 4. that talks about, <laughs> right? I mean, like anything to give people reading the word, come on. But there's this one scripture where Paul's talking and he says, you know, but like, th- this is a light momentary affliction that I'm going through right now for an eternal weight of glory. And I think we can get so fixated on the moment and what we're going through and what we're in, not to, you know, devalue what we're going through or what you might be suffering through or struggling through. But we have to remember um, that this is just a moment, that this is just a blip, you know, Ecclesiastes life is a vapor. It's boom. Um, you know, if you're, if you're in a, in a season or going through something and it just feels so overwhelming and you feel super hopeless and you feel overcome by shame or depression or anxiety or not feeling like you have any worth or, you know, like someone betrayed you or this, or I don't know what you're going through and what you're suffering through, but understand that this is a moment again, not to devalue it. And God is so much bigger and his plans for you are, are so much greater they're to give you a hope and a future and to prosper you and to prosper the gospel above all else. I mean, it's that saving grace that gives you joy and peace and patience and all the things of the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you have Jesus, you have all of that and more. So hold on, hold on and cling to Jesus. Um, you know, not, not just praying that prayer and, and knowing, okay, God, you're there, but dive deep wage war on the things that are trying to fight against you because because you have a specific message and testimony and an experience in you that is able to bring others to Christ you have to receive that first you have to receive that first and that comes through receiving grace it comes through um, receiving forgiveness and what precedes that is repentance and coming before the Lord so come before the Lord you know, repent if you need to repent, surrender if you need to surrender, pour out if you need to pour out and let God pour in because he can do exceedingly and abundantly more in you. And again, it's a light momentary affliction for an eternal weight of glory that far outweighs anything that we are suffering through today. So cling on to hope, cling on to grace and cling on to truth because those are the only things that are, you know, going to satisfy you and get you through to the end of the day. 
I love that so much. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kirby Minnick from Kirby <laughs> is a Boss. You can follow her on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, wherever social media platforms are. I'm sure you can look up Kirby is a yeah. Boss and find her. Also, look out for her podcast, Bot and Beloved, wherever you stream your podcasts. And Kirby, again, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Can't wait to hopefully have you back. And we Yeah, will thank talk- you for having me. Seriously, and thank you for encouraging me. I needed that for real. Thank you. Always, always. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.